We gotta go back. SK-14 I'm not a leftist, I'm a liberal, and we should just talk to each other. Okay, but what are we gonna talk about? Because you don't want to talk to people like me. You don't want to talk to anybody who's got anything to say. You want to talk to Jewy Jewstein, who says... I've got a lot of questions about Israel in the last few days. Yeah, I yeah. I apologize for my defense of our greatest ally in the Middle East. Yeah. I will not apologize. We know you won't, bitch. Epic, epic. Shut up, you bitch. This guy's the biggest scum-sucking, anti-American loser, traitor. Who likes Cardi B? He's mad. He's mad. Look at that shriveled up little face. Eat a gamer moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will not apologize. We know you won't, bitch. But I'm always just very puzzled at times. I'm so puzzled. I'm so puzzled all the time. <laughs> Somebody's got to go Joker mode. All right, guys, welcome back to the Death by Tyranny podcast. Uh, apologies for yesterday. I know a couple of people tuned in, and I was unaware of the audio issues. It, I, I'm assuming it had something to do with the weather out here in Ohio. It's very cold, and they did just replace some lines uh, going into my house uh, that had to do with like the internet and the way it works. I'm still getting very shitty internet speeds, even on the 5G, so I'm not sure what all that's about. I'm just going to try to work with what I got. I can't really afford to dump much more into what I have going on here uh, than that I have already, but it, it's been able to get the job done so far. We, we do have upload issues here and there, uh, but it is what it is. Life goes on, you know, uh, all, all streamers have issues, and for someone just sitting here in my house doing this in my my spare time I think we do okay and along those lines before we jump into it we're gonna get into a little bit of housekeeping uh, I would like to invite everybody to follow us over on gab.com at death by tyranny podcast it is truly it, at least it seems to be uh, that it is the only free speech platform we seen tons of issues arise with Gitter and we should have known something was up when they tried to make that heavy push that they were, you know, funded or influenced by whatever the, the Trump uh, MAGA movement. And we, we know that Steve Bannon has its his antics and his uh, connections to the deep state. So it's not very surprising. And I guess that will be the first thing that we talk about today. Uh, I have done this video. Like I said, I tried doing this yesterday. Hopefully, it's still just as informative, uh, informative as it was yesterday. 
Uh, and I, I think it does still hold true for most of the points that we're going to be talking about today. And one of them being what's going on in like on Gab as we speak. Now, there's always kind of been this divide against the, you know, the Groiper uh, America First movement and, you know, the white nationalists, the Whig Nats, whatever, whatever they call themselves this week, Patriot Front, whatever it is. Okay. <clears throat> And I think the main issue is really jealousy, and uh, I, I don't want them to take that offensive. I just I, I really think that's what's going on here because for a long time, they thought Andrew Talbot was, was their guy, right? Uh, he makes this platform where these Wignats are allowed to come on and, you know, post Nazi flags and, and you know, s- swear their allegiance to Hitler and not get much pushback. So they, they think they have this guy here that has only made this platform for them. And that's just not the case. Well, with uh, the last couple of months, uh, especially with the kickoff of Cozy.TV and Nick Fuentes getting a lot of exposure, with more to come once he's called in front of Congress, this is going to lead to good things not only for Nick Fuentes, America First, his movement, you know, what he has going on uh, over at Cozy.TV, but Gab as well. Andrew Torba is now streaming on Cozy.TV. And I was watching one of these streams, and he makes very good points. And this is why the Wignats need to just maybe chill for a little bit. Now, Andrew Talbot, he can't, he can't do everything himself. And what he can do, he is trying to do the best at. He's trying to come up with a payment processor. He has a, a merchant pay you know, uh, program thing he's working on, as well as Gab. And then there's Gab TV where you can upload videos. Now, one of my biggest pet peeves with Gab TV is you can't go live over there. So I'm forced to, you know, the the uh, mainstream platforms like YouTube and Facebook to try to get my message across to, about what I'd like to talk about. But I always have to kind of keep in the back consciousness that I have to censor myself uh, at least slightly uh, so I, I can still have a platform to stream too. Now... Andrew brought up a good point when he was streaming on Cozy.TV. He, he can't do everything. And if there's already people out there that are doing it very well, you know, with the, uh, um, I'm trying to think of a, the, the guy who helped Nick Fuentes over there, Zoomer Dev over there. If they have a good thing going with Cozy.TV and the streaming platform over there, so much to the point where Andrew Taba himself is using it, why not just link those two together? and piggyback off of each other. Now, what this is doing is th- there's tons of Wignats and there's tons of people in the America First movement that have talked about kind of bridging the gap and putting the uh, uh, beef aside for a second so we can focus on bigger issues. Well, that's what Andrew is doing. He has taken one of the criticisms uh, between the Wignats and America First a- and tried to bridge that gap. And this is not only helping Gab TV and Cozy.TV, but it will open up doors for the Wignats as well. They need somewhere to stream to, right? And I, I just don't understand all the hate that Andrew's getting for sponsoring AFPAC 3. Look, America First is a Christian, uh, Christian movement. Uh, they don't really piggyback on the ideal that whites are superior. And, and I, 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 I've said this a, a, a few times. That I think the big difference between white nationalists and the America First movement is 
America First wants to save whites in America and save Christians in America, whereas white nationalists feel that is whites are superior in America. And I don't know if that's ever going to be optically uh, appealing to the masses. And we do have to keep that in mind, right? We, we have to be funded. We have to be promoted. Uh, we can't do this all on our own. And that's one of the steps Andrew is taking here is to look to outside help to someone that has at least enough in common to bring a live streaming platform onto Gab that he does not have to really uh, take time out of his day to create uh, that Nick has already funded and vice versa. He can help Nick kind of monetize cozy.tv so the streamers over, over there can, can make a livelihood, continue what they're doing, continue to grow. And th this is the, the number one point I'm going to say for anybody who has issues with Andrew Tauba uh, helping out Nick Fuentes or kind of promoting America First and cozy.tv is this. There's nobody in the white nationalist movement that is doing anything comparable uh, to Cozy.TV. There isn't really anything they have to offer as far as a parallel economy, as far as, you know, uh, new technical, you know, um, companies when it comes to, you know, anything that it is uh, surrounded by the, the Gab atmosphere. So they don't really have anything to offer. So so what is Andrew supposed to do here? Is he supposed to wait for another you know year, three years, four years? By then we can be already censored off the face of the planet. Uh, we're, we're running out of time. And if you have no answers to the problems that we're facing right now, I don't think you have a whole lot of room to criticize what they're doing because they're truly the only ones doing anything about it. So for the time being, why don't you just kind of calm down a little bit and just give it some time. This will open up doors for you guys as well. And with that, uh, you know, I know that it's really hard to take the white pills in America right now. There's not a whole lot of good things going on, but the Biden administration has been losing popularity for a long time, probably since day one of his uh, presidency or, you know, what some would say is that. Uh, like I said, I can't, you know, uh, allude to too much of what I'm talking about, but... um. That and apologies for, for all the, the sinus congestion. We are still getting over COVID in my house. So um, but so so we're looking for the white pills here, and, and here it is. Andrew Talba has given us a huge one. We finally have a social media platform that is actual free speech. He has taken time out of his day to promote someone who has figured out free speech in the, the streaming arena. And instead of take this for what it is, a huge win for conservatives, for free speech, for Christians on the Internet, and, and they're just deciding to trample all over it. And a lot of this is based in just their hatred for Nick Fuentes alone. You know, if you spend more time and energy hating on one person than focusing on the many good things that could come out of uh, this partnership, then you're, you're really not trying to win the war are you you're, you're only looking for excuses not to keep fighting and that's a uh, very immature cuck way of looking at things uh, I don't think it's going to 
have any positive outcome for the Wignats, and I don't wish them, you know, to completely, you know, fumble and, and destroy themselves at all. Uh, in fact, I think they have just as much right to be on the internet talking about whatever the hell it is they talk about as, you know, the America First people do. But what they're doing right now is not helping Gab. It's not helping, you know, America First. It's not helping Americans. It's definitely not helping whites, and it's not helping Christians either. Um, and I think that you usually see little tiffs and taffs like this go on when the Democrats and the progressives are on the upswing. And I told you this, this was coming. Now, uh, just because Biden is losing, you know, popularity, just because he has seemed to be defeated in the Supreme Court uh, with his mandates does not mean that they're going to give up. I've already told you, for, for just as much things and chances as there are out there for us to win, they still have tricks up their sleeves. You can look to Canada. You can look to Australia. There are plenty of things they have left that they can throw in front of us to defeat us or to try to slow us down anyways. And I think we're going to start seeing some of those things happen. And one of the things that I think they have decided to attack us on uh, yet again, because it, it always seems to be at least once or twice a year, the ATF gets a hair up their ass and tries to do something completely out of their jurisdiction and uh, tyrannical that they have no legal grounds to do, but they try it anyways. And we knew that the ATF was going to get a big boost of confidence from the Biden administration doing things like this because this is how Biden has tried to get things done since the beginning. He has just flat out said, I do not care if it's constitutional. I do not care if I have the power to do it. I say it, I will it, and it shall be. And this is what the ATF is trying to do. Yesterday, there was a breaking story on Mr. Guns and Gear YouTube channel. Uh, and in my experience, he has been a very truth-telling person. I've never seen him stray away from the truth. And at the time that his video broke, he was not willing to release the actual email uh, for reasons he did not want to dox his um, whistleblower or whatever you want to call it. And he has since posted the email to YouTube. We can take a look at it if you guys would like, but I read over it. There's not really anything different than what Mr. Guns and Gear had said initially. Um, <clears throat> So basically what's happening is uh, a, a while ago, uh, a couple months ago, the ATF raided, you know, rare breed triggers and a couple other uh, manufacturers of these, you know, uh, not automatic triggers, kind of gimmicky, um, you know, more round comes out of the barrel than times that you, you pull the trigger type deal. And... These have never been defeated in court as being claimed to be a machine gun. They do not meet the definition of a machine gun. No one has ever been charged with having a machine gun for having these triggers installed in rifles. Yet, there was an email that was uh, brought to the surface uh, yesterday or the day before that the ATF, uh, beginning today, and that's why I released, well, tried to release the video yesterday, was that beginning today, they would be beginning to seize these from civilians, FFL dealers, as well as other dealers that don't hold FFLs, 
And that's mainly what the email talked about was the difference between an FFL and a non-FFL distributor of these triggers and what to do if someone was not willing to give them up. And there's two things that I thought were very important in this email. One of the things is, is if the ATF was to come knock at the door and you have one of these triggers, and uh, uh, I kind of laid this out yesterday, but I'll try to do a little bit better job since I have a, a second chance at this. Um, so, so they already have the, the sales information. They already know where these triggers went. So whether you are still in possession of these triggers, they're going to come ask you. And you're going to be forced with, you know, pleading the fifth. Either way, you should definitely look into legal advice or, or some type of counsel. I'm not a lawyer, so you should not take legal advice from me. But in my opinion, I would say the, the best course of action here is to be more prepared than not to be prepared at all. And so... If they come to the door and they ask you if you have one of these triggers, you are going to be forced with the decision to A, you know, have counsel and, and plead the fifth or to say, yes, I have it. You can take it with you or uh, I got rid of it. Now, I don't know that they're going to be sufficed with the answer that I got rid of it. They're going to want to know where it is you got rid of it too. Now, because they don't have legal grounds to even seize them, I don't know what legal course they have to obtain any information on where those triggers would end up. I don't know if they would be able to go to Facebook and pull DMs or go to the cell phone company, but I would imagine that most of these companies already work with the ATF. Uh, I've talked about it before. I had a situation uh, arise with the ATF where a firearm that I sold years and years ago, you know, six, seven years ago, uh, ended up being used in a crime in another state, and they came and asked me, you know, hey, what what did you do with this? You're the last person to have legally uh, had this firearm transferred to, and I explained what happened, you know, with the firearm, uh, and that I did not remember the guy's name, and to my knowledge, I did not have the DMs or, or messages uh, that had any information leading to the person of where this rifle ended up, and, and that's kind of as far as it went. But they did let me know that they already knew this information. They just really wanted to see if I would trip up and incriminate myself, which is very, very um, not good faith. That That's a very bad practice to be in, especially in a day and age where people are so heavily against, you know, police officers, you know, FBI agents, ATF agents. You would think that they would kind of look at this from another angle in a way that they could be helping, you know, communities and keeping communities safe, but they still go with this, you know, bullying, uh, trickery that they've been known to do so many times. So, uh, like I said, I'm not sure that they, they have the legal grounds to go through, uh, Facebook messages, but they're going to try whether they do or not, they will tell you they do. And uh, maybe they do. I, I, I don't know. Uh, in my personal scenario they did they absolutely went and looked through my facebook messages without my consent i don't know how they do it i don't know if it's because there was an actual crime being committed there that they were allowed to obtain those messages or what but so they knock on your door you, you let's say you have one of these triggers the one of the things that was very interesting to me in this email is that they're going to have you fill out some type of paperwork saying that you forfeit your property to the ATF. 
I've never seen this form. So I don't know that you're going to be uh, resolved of any, you know, future uh, charges. You could very likely hand over these items and they still try to charge you with being in uh, possession of a machine gun. I'm not sure. The, the, the big uh, message I want to get out here today is that they are trying something. Uh, whether they have legal grounds or not, uh, they have sent the emails, they do exist, they are coming for these triggers. And that's just unfortunate. You have to understand, at one point in time, these triggers were very easy to obtain. I mean, anywhere from Facebook marketplaces to going to your local gun dealer uh, or local mom and pops FFL shops, and you would just be able to buy these triggers off the shelf. Now, that means that anybody, you know, a... a Brand new, 21-year-old building his fa uh, first AR-15 platform could have bought one of these triggers and is now being targeted as a felon. That is just absolutely terrible. And I have spoke about this a lot. I was really hoping that the Trump administration would do a little bit more to reel in the ATF and the powers that they have. And the exact opposite happened. They gave them uh, more ability to change definitions, to, uh, you know, kind of have a, one or two more tricks up their sleeves when it comes to going after the American people. And the big thing when it comes to the ATF and the, the bullshit that they try to do is, is knowledge. The more people that know about this, the less likely they are to do anything. If they go after a handful of people, they might be successful. But if thousands of us are aware of this, are keeping an eye on this, are, you know, pay attention to whose doors are being knocked on, what the, is being done, uh, the legal grounds they are trying to use, the more uh, ability we will have to fight this. And this has always been the case in the last, you know, five, six years of the ATF trying to do things like the AR-15 pistol brace bans. Because the knowledge was there, because the numbers were there, because people spoke up and got to their representatives, uh, people in Congress spoke out about it. The ATF lost that confidence, so they backed off. This is the same thing that needs to happen with this, because they are not only offering up a new definition, they are not only trying to make a new law and add something else to the NFA, they are actually trying to seize property from civilians that have purchased those things legally. And well, we have to do something about this. And whoever, I, I don't know if it needs to, at least on a, a state level, I would imagine, we should have the power uh, from the, the governor level to tell the ATF, look, you cannot come to Ohio or whatever state you reside in and just take whatever you want and start charging people for no reason. You, you have to make these things, you know, legal, uh, not only from the federal level, but through the state level. And if you cannot do that, you have no power here. And we've seen this kind of happen with suppressors and things, with uh, in-state manufacturing and buying and those things not being required to be on an NFA. But nothing ever seems to last when it comes to these things. And so we really need a governor that's going to come out and be fully opposed to the ATF and just knock their dicks in the dirt and say, absolutely not. You, you are not welcome here. And until you guys decide to do things uh, constitutionally, we will not respect your authority here in our state. 
And I think that uh, we might have a while to wait for a governor like that. Uh, I, I would hope that DeSantis uh, down in Florida would be able to uh, lead this initiative. But I think it's going to have to come from a president uh, at some point to say, look, governors, you, you, I am letting you know you have the authority to banish the ATF from your state if they are not doing things legally. And so hopefully, uh, you know, when Trump gets back in office in 2024, that he will try to right some of the wrongs that he did uh, dealing with the ATF. And uh, until then, the only thing we can really do is make each other aware of what the ATF is trying to do. And what they're trying to do is make everyday law-abiding citizens criminals. Uh, they're trying to figure out ways to come kick in your door and kill your dog. So we, we just have to keep our eyes open and make sure that if anything happens, that we're keeping each other informed. And on that front, uh, I'm not a huge fan of this particular YouTuber. His name's like CRS, I believe. Uh, he's very trashy. I, I don't like his... Uh, mannerisms. I, I don't like his, you know, optical uh, scenery that he tries to put on. It's very trashy. Uh, anyways, he has been one of these YouTubers that has decided to venture and obtain knowledge dealing with what the ATF is trying to deem legal, not legal, if they have uh, legal grounds to do these things, and has seemed to have caught some heat for it. I guess yesterday he was stopped leaving his residence uh, by the marshals uh, and, and was taken into custody. And I believe it was said that this had something to do with the auto key cards, which is a, a, just another very good example of how petty. <laughs> That's the best word I can use to describe this, how petty the ATF is. So a while back, somebody was selling, uh, now all these were, was imagine a debit card, imagine your ID, turn that into metal and drill a couple holes out in it. That's all these uh, full auto cards or whatever they are uh, called were. They were just a, a very thin, uh, thin sheet metal with a couple holes drilled out. Now, if you were to take these things uh, or one of these cards and lay this on a normal lower receiver, uh, supposedly, you would be able to then have the outline of where you would need to drill out on the lower receiver for the, the auto sears to make those lowers fully automatic. Now, the ATF deemed that those cards, that just that stamped sheet metal, was uh, illegal to own, and you, you just weren't flat out not allowed to own them. I don't even think they were trying to put them on like an NFA registry or anything. Like you just absolutely could not own them. And uh, CRS or whatever his name is covered this in, in pretty good depth. I do believe he even purchased some, and that's probably why he was taken into custody. But the ATF was only able to do this because nobody was really paying attention. Nobody was letting each other know what was going on with these uh, full auto you know, sear cards or whatever they were. The same thing happened with the, the coat hangers. A, a, a gentleman was offering, you know, uh, door hangers where you would like hang like a hat on or something. But in all actuality, they were to make uh, AR lower receivers into fully automatic uh, platforms. Now, 
I I don't think that it's probably in the best practice to be even trying to manufacture something like this in your house. Uh, I would have to know that these people, if they had the capability and the knowledge to make something like this, they would be aware of the legality of it. Uh, But like I said, just nobody was informing each other. They just made these uh, throw-up websites on the Internet. Uh, People seen them, uh, bought into the gimmick, and now they're potentially going to be charged as felons. And this is kind of unfortunate like i i realize they're they're looking for workarounds uh you know to make things that are legally uh give us the ability to have things that are more in line with what our federal government has but you really have to be careful when doing things like this because you can actually be doing more harm than good and with the the coat hangers with these auto um you know sheet metal cards that seems to be the case. There are probably more good citizens, uh, law-abiding citizens, that have probably done a lot of good for their community that uh, are probably in a lot of legal trouble now just because some asshole was trying to make a quick buck sticking it to the man. And we just we have to be more careful than that right now. Uh, if they were had the ability to hem us up the way that they did when Trump was in office, you best believe they have the ability to do so when Biden is in office. And they actually hold a lot more power than you think they do. And so we just have to be really smart when it comes to things like this. You really have to leave it up to the people with the the financial and the legal capability to look into these things. Uh, SB Tactical is a good one. Uh, they're always pushing, you know, the the legal limits of pistol braces, and they've really. Now I, I know they caught some heat last year because uh, it was kind of looked at as, you know, trying to push on to the customer some of the issues that they were having, but I, I don't think that they were being disingenuous. Uh, I think they they were just did a very poor job marketing when they were saying that, you know, putting things like the ATF says it's legal on their boxes. Uh, but I've never had any issues, but there's just so much gray room there that you just have to be ca- uh, very careful. And you always have to be paying attention to your your, your local and state laws. Federally is uh, kind of tough um, because, you know, Biden could come out tomorrow and say all handguns are legal. And whether he has the, the constitutional ground to do so, he might make half these progressive retards believe that. And you still might wind up getting arrested. So... <clears throat> Really what needs to happen is you need to have all these Republican governors uh, get together, uh, agree on, on some type of you know, GOP standard for uh, law, uh, gun legislation, and to just completely get rid of the, the CCW, like carry concealed weapon permits. And as long as you can own a gun, you should be allowed to carry a gun. And then, then we would get rid of a lot of some of the gray area as like as far as crossing state lines. I know there's some some legality issues when it comes to buy sell trade over state lines. I know like Ohio resident can sell to an Ohio resident, but we can't sell to Indiana or Kentucky. However, I'm I think maybe it's Kentucky that can sell to Ohio. It's stupid. Um, but but like I said, that because 
this information isn't you know readily available they're going to use it to trick us and that's exactly what's going on with these triggers they don't have the legal grounds to do so uh, nobody knows that but what they do know is is the atf has been talking for a long time about seizing these these kinds of things from citizens and it seems like they're going forward with it and it's because nobody told them they couldn't and uh so that's just unfortunate and it always seems to be that they align this uh, around the same time as somebody uh, retiring or being nominated for an important seat um, when it comes to the president. Uh, last year, for instance, when they were trying to get the new ATF director, they were also going after the AR-15 pistol braces. Well, this year we had come out that a Supreme Court justice was going to be retiring, which I believe was uh, Supreme Court Justice Beyer, uh, what, Stephen Beyer or something like that. And so while everybody is focused on this, the ATF is using this opportunity for all the attention to be over here to do something that they're not supposed to be doing over here. This is their MO. They do this every single time. You should just grow to expect that if something big on the federal, you know, uh, legislation or uh, executive branch or judicial branch is happening, something that ev grabs everybody's attention, then the FBI, the CIA, the ATF is probably doing something they should not be doing. And uh, just like their MO, here, here we have it. Uh, the ATF trying to mishandle civilians' properties and give them a right to come in their homes. And just because they're coming and looking for the triggers, don't don't think they will stop at that. They're going to, if you let them into your property, if they manage to make their way onto your property, they're going to tear it apart. They're going to try to charge you for any and everything they possibly can. These people are not your friends. They're not there to help you guys out and to do you favors. They're not going to pick up, you know, a half-assembled lower AR-15 and go, oh, you know, if you do this, this is, this would make it legal, but right now it's, a, you know, not illegal. No, they're just going to fucking take you to jail because that's the type of assholes that work for the ATF. I've never met a good ATF agent, and I stand by that. I just don't believe that there are good ATF agents. Those people are there to arrest good law-abiding citizens. In most cases that they're not, that they're actually arresting bad people, it usually has something to do with another agency. The ATF is corrupt as fuck. You don't believe me? Go back and look at what they were doing with some of the tobacco laws and how much money just up and disappeared from their, their budget. You know, millions and millions of dollars. And none of these people were charged. They just retired onto their, you know, whatever property and no nobody ever heard from them again uh, these are actual things that happened in our actual atf and what does biden do to address this gives them more agents now they just have more people to do more cover-up and more corruption and uh, I, in my opinion this is a very i i don't mean to ramble on here but because uh, i i know i talk about a lot of things here but this is the community that i come from i come from you know the second amendment um, uh, we, we, uh, you know, firearms are, are the, uh, the, the beacon of hope, what keeps all the other constitutional things able to, to obtain it is the, the firearm and our ability to own these things. 
So uh, I, I've done a lot of research in this. I've dabbled in this. I've been in the community for a long time. And uh, it just, it really seems to grab my attention when things like this happen. And I'm very passionate about it because I just, I, I, I truly believe that. Without the Second Amendment, we would have none of the other amendments. It's just unfortunate that our Second Amendment in this country has almost grown numb. It's like we've forgotten how to use the Second Amendment in the way that it was meant to be used. Now, of course, we know that it's there to preserve life and to, you know, protect our families. But it's also there to protect us from a tyrannical government. And I just don't see a day, anytime soon anyways, where we would use it for along those measure, uh, measures. <clears throat> and that's why we can't just totally condemn January 6th. You know, did they go about things the right way? Absolutely not. But it was still a signal to the people that believe they're untouchable, that that is not the case, that we the people still hold enough power that at any given point in time, we can take it back. And that's why I do not condemn anybody who participated in January 6th. I, I think that it was a, a good day for the most part. You know, nobody was really injured except for on our side, which was unfortunate. But, you know, those types of things happens. When you're trying to make statements like that, you're going to have casualties. And it very, very lucky that there was as minimal, uh, minimal casualties as that there was. But I, I don't think that it was oh, what the progressives say it was. Uh, if anything, it was a... Uh, a shot across from, you know, civilians to the elites to say, we are still here, we still hold power, and uh, you guys should not forget that. So, uh, I think we're going to get on to a, a little different topic here, just so I get everything covered that I tried to get accomplished yesterday. Uh, I, I spoke about it a little bit with the uh, Supreme Court Justice retiring. Now, Biden is in office. We're going to get a progressive Supreme Court justice. The big concern I have here is, as of right now, if the narrative stands, if things go the way that they continue to go for the next three years, Biden doesn't really have a very good chance at re-election. Nobody likes his vice president. Uh... I, I think she's a very unlikable person. Uh, her own party does not like her, as and she has the tools there, right? She's a black female. We should like her. You know, th this is what they said. You know, we're going to have a black female vice president, whether she is has the 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 good policy, whether she has the the acolytes to do so. She's black and she's a female, and that's good enough for the progressives. Now, with the retiring of the Supreme Court judge, Biden has already come out and said, you know, we are going to uh, nominate somebody who is worthy, who has the track record, and who is black and is a woman. Yes, he said this because he is that fucking retarded. Now, this leads me to believe, what could he do that would potentially help him get some more popularity when it comes to running in 2024? as well as give Kamala Harris something that would not throw her into a tantrum because that's kind of evil bitch she is. I do believe she would turn her back on her party in a heartbeat if she had something to gain from it. 
but to give her a position that she would hold for the rest of her life or until she wanted to retire, that was of you know huge consequence, and that's what I believe she cares about. I don't think it's necessarily the money Kamala cares about. She cares about the power. She wants to be a powerful, evil bitch, and being a Supreme Court justice would do just that. And it would also give the Biden administration to plug somebody else in there that's more popular. That would give him a better chance of running in 2024 and would potentially let him, you know, uh, go of some of the obligations that he holds to run for 2024. He could then say, well, hey, even if I don't make it or even if I am unable to do so, this is a way the Democrat Party can sneak somebody else in there it don't hold them to be these good politicians like they're going to uh, follow and abide the rules they have seen that what they elected is a complete disaster and they want to do over and they're going to do everything in their power to get that do over so i i i think what's going on here is you're going to see Joe Biden nominate Kamala Harris for Supreme Court justice. She's going to easily win that because they hold the numbers. And then they're going to get somebody younger, more popular, you know, so one of these AOC types, you know, non-white, you know, uh, probably um, atheist or at, at the very least a pagan uh, to the vice presidency. And then a year or so from now, you're going to see Biden step down and she's going to take over as the active president. And this is going to give the progressives and the Democrats huge confidence going into 2024 because that president will not have to be voted in. She will be the first uh, female president. She will be the first female colored president. And this is going to give them the momentum they need to win in 2024. And this is what I think the game plan is because Kamala Harris, I don't believe, can get the job done. Uh, but I'm sure they have somebody in, in mind or, you know, the, the Supreme Court justice wouldn't have retired. If you think that these people retire on their own accord, you're retarded. No, nothing like that in the federal government is that easy that you get to hang up your robe whenever you decide to. That, that's not how it works. Um, so just, just be watching. If you see somebody get a push and the mainstream media and some of these uh, left-wing media outlets, if she's black, if she's a woman, uh, there's a very good possibility you could be looking at your very next vice president. And more than likely, your next president that you will not elect. So, just, uh, and, and this is how they do it, right? They attack you from all angles. So we're we're being forced to accept a, another shitty progressive Supreme Court justice. We're being forced to allow the Biden administration a do-over. The ATF is forcing its way into our homes and seizing our legally obtained property. This is how the progressives work. This is why I say they still have more tricks up their sleeve. They could just as easily make it to where, you know, these private companies and, and this we've seen the blueprint and how Biden is working these mandates. He does not have to accept any of the responsibility if he can pressure the private sector into making these mandates happen. Look, companies like Carhartt are enforcing the mandate, and that's because 
the Biden administration has influence. He does not have to write anything into law to force these people to do his will. And that's what's going to continue to happen. <clears throat> Let me get a drink real quick. So, and you always have to keep that on the, the, the back of your mind as well. We still do not have a actual ATF director. And uh, if Kamala Harris has the, you know, track record to be able to be nominated for a Supreme Court justice, then she definitely has it to be somebody like an ATF director. And if you think what's going on in the ATF now is evil, wait until somebody like Kamala Harris gets her hand on the, uh, the director seat. That's going to be very, very bad. Uh, they've been talking for a while now that they're... Uh, rewriting the definition of a, a lower framer receiver, and this has huge consequences. Uh, right now, it's almost you you can you can still have things you know half assembled and this or that, and it not be um, designated as a lower framer receiver. They're going to make that to where those kind of things are obsolete. The ATF does not have very good luck when it comes to charging people in court with having uh, lower frames or receivers illegally or, you know, uh, a lot of these things. And so that that's why they're rewriting it. They're not rewriting it for clarification. They're not rewriting it to make it easy for citizens to be able to handle these kinds of things. They're doing it so they can win cases because that's how they get money in their war chest. And they've not been able to do that very recently, so that is what they're going to change. Now, I have heard anywhere up until it, it should have already come out that they were going to have the new definition of a lower frame or receiver. Hopefully, we can get a good president in office before that happens, but I would imagine it's going to come out before then, and they're going to try some more shenanigans with that as well. Uh, this is just the way of the ATF, the way of the progressives. You would think that if we had an agency that was designed to make sure law-abiding citizens were safe and that the handling of things like firearms, alcohol, and tobacco were, were properly done, they would be a little bit more fr friendly to uh, Americans. It's just, it's not the case. So, and uh, this is a conversation that's gone on for a long time in the Second Amendment community. Uh, would we be just better off getting rid of the ATF? That might not be the case because I promise you, if the ATF goes away tomorrow, somebody is going to be handed those responsibilities. And right now, it kind of looks like it would be the FBI. Well, you know who has a lot more agents and a lot more funding than the ATF? The FBI. So that doesn't necessarily mean good things for the American people if we were to just get rid of the ATF. What we need is we need a Second Amendment civilian-friendly ATF director. They can still do good things if they want to. The federal government always has the ability to do good things on behalf of the people. They have just lost their way. They have lost their want to help the American people. The, the, the lip service that people like Joe Biden play is just um, downright disrespectful. So 
that's kind of what we got going on now, being attacked from all angles, per usual, the ATF knocking at our doors, uh, Supreme Court judges uh, being snuck in the back door, you know, uh, we're going to get a black female. Uh, how this is even legal, I have no idea. I do not know how a president can come out and say we are going to uh, put a nominee up that is black and a woman and that be the qualifications right then and there. Does that not kind of seem like segregation or uh, discriminating against certain races and gender to you? I don't know how the progressives continue to do the exact same thing that they speak up against and not be uh, called out about it. So um, we're around the same time, Mark, as we were yesterday. Like I said, those are just some things you guys need to be aware of. Like a, if you if you see a strong black woman in the media, uh, don't be surprised if that ends up being your new vice president. Kamala Harris it doesn't uh, end up being a Supreme Court justice. And uh, for all my Ohioans out there, keep keep an eye on who's all running for your open seats this year. I think there's something like 133 seats open for uh, re-election or new election in Ohio. Uh, we're getting and we might get a new governor this year as well. So a lot of change is uh, on the table for Ohio. Just uh, whatever you do, don't don't vote for any Democrats. I've I've looked over most of the Democrats most of the people running, and there's not really anybody good, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but the the Democrats are definitely not good, uh, especially when it comes to the governor race. The two Democrats that are the more prominent ones running are the ex-mayor of Dayton, Ohio, and the ex-mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio. These are both two very awful cities. Um, I live very close to both. They are just giant minority cesspools and the fact that those governor or um, I'm sorry the fact that those mayors couldn't turn those cities around being as small as they are I absolutely would not give them any credit to being able to run Ohio uh, you know on a larger scale than the small little shitty cities they had uh, lead of and they they both left their seats and handed them over to you know these these big race hustlers. So those cities are, are falling deeper into to chaos, into progressive uh, leadership, and uh, you absolutely do not deserve to run Ohio for doing just that. And it's unfortunate. Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio, used to be, you know, uh, amazing cities. And they're, they're small enough to where they should have been able to maintain those things. And it just didn't happen. And it's because poor leadership, like those two mayors. Uh, but with that, guys, uh, I do have to work tonight, so it's going to be my first day back. So I'm going to go ahead and jump off of here. Uh, just remember, you guys, stay safe, stay prepared. I love you guys. God bless. America first. Peace, y'all.